morning, everybody. Morning. Morning. Like, God, that, that must be all the skiers and the snowboarders all upset because there's no snow. That's okay. Jesus still loves me. Hey, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Crossroads Church, yeah, where there's a whole there's a whole bunch of messed, messed up people. Honestly, I mean, look around the room. There's a whole bunch of messed up people. Me being the most messed up. Keep going. Me being the most messed up one of, of all of them when it's all said and done. Like the whole theme for the series has to be the whole idea of being willing to address. Good morning online. I forgot about you. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'm Irish. But anyway, good morning because Jen said good morning. Honestly, the whole idea for the whole series is about dress, addressing the mess. And, and here's the thing I've found. We love addressing everybody else's mess. We just don't like addressing ours. You know, I, I think it's right that we should let Ray address your mess. I think it should all be dealt with. I think it should deal with it. All that sort of stuff should happen in that sense. But until it gets to that point where all of a sudden you realize... <laughs> we'll see how good he is at the end of the service. Okay. Right? The whole idea is that when it comes down to you and I, it's way, way different, and it gets a little bit more kind of challenging. Um, like, to be honest, I, I still struggle at times with feelings of being alone at times when pressure is applied. And, and I just want to revert to my Irish culture to find comfort. And then I realize I can't because it's 6,000 plus miles that way. And I find myself walking out moments of trying to do my very best when my best of intentions are accidentally misinterpreted. Or when I don't get to say what I'm actually trying to say and I mess it up and I kind of miss the point or miss the mark. Or I miss hearing someone and I respond immaturely. Or when I don't hear Andrea right and I miss the mark because I'm not there, my mess starts to float to the surface and somebody has to deal with it. Somebody has to face it. I think it's in these moments that a level of friendship, personally, when the mess comes to the surface, is tested. Or hopefully, you could say maybe developed. Um, it kind of invites us to live at a whole different level. You could say it's the upper 20% that most people never get to see. I have a picture. I tried to get an Irish picture for you, but I couldn't get one because they don't do it anymore now. But can I have the milk bottle, please, Joe? Yep, there we go. See, um, this is therapy session this morning. Um, like when I was a kid, I, I did some stuff that you shouldn't do. Um, none of you have ever done that, but, but I used to walk to school, and in Ireland, they used to deliver like four packs of glass bottles to people's doors. Anybody remember those? Anybody as old as I? Thank you. All the old people in the house say, amen. Yeah. And they used to deliver them to people's doors. They had little silver tops on them, and then they had red ones and gold ones. All the, all the, the girls going, I'm not that old, going, yeah, I know that. Okay. I, they used to deliver, I used to steal them from people's doorways on the way to school because I was thirsty, Tyler. I mean, seriously, I mean, look as my police officer going, no, you don't. Like, but, but here's the thing in Ireland, and I got this one. In Ireland, it used to be really obvious the top 20% was the coolest cream in the world. And I would rip off the silver top, and then I would like put my finger and get the cream. Wow. <laughs> Jen, real hard cry this morning. 
And I, I'd take the cream off the top, and it was the best of the best of the milk. I, I wonder if we're called to live our friendships at that level, yet we, we don't. I wonder if, I'll be back with you in a second. I wonder if culture coaxes us to live here up to the 80% and Jesus calls us into the top 20%. I'm probably going to say something and send Adam's pumping weights. You can blame him. And I'll say it two or three. I'm saying, and please, please hear my heart. I wonder if if Facebook has coaxed us to live here. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, with all due respect, and this is like real therapy time. We're going to go to about three this afternoon. This is real therapy time. See, I'm not interested in you showing a picture of what you had for breakfast on Facebook. What I'm interested in is to have the guts to post what you talk about at breakfast on Facebook. I'm not interested to you to send me your latest photograph in the bathroom that you're in, in some truck stop somewhere on Facebook. What I'm interested in is you would tell me the conversation in that moment that you happen to have with someone when you're breaking your heart in the bathroom with somebody on Facebook. I wonder if God's calling us. He's smiling. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, Jesus, help me. See, 80% is what we see on the outside is seen by you about me. Best fit forward, best image. But here in the upper 20% is the real me. That's the real me. Kyle Dunning, please stand. I'm going to get to him. I asked Andrea's permission to talk with you this morning. Kyle, I want to say thank you. In this last year, thank you for being a sounding board for me. I had the crap, excuse me for swearing. I'm sorry if that's religious leave. I had the crap kick out of me, Kyle. I was just trying to do the right thing. I was trying to serve people the best way I could. I was trying to find the right middle crime. Thank you for being a signing board to allow me to come and sit with someone who would just listen to my, because he's a doctor. He's my doctor, by the way. He's my <laughs> private doctor, by the way. I, I have his telephone number on my phone. <laughs> Kyle, thank you for just being a sounding board and allowing me to process my thoughts. Instead of judging me, just helping me unpack them and find a place where I was trying to get to. I really appreciate your friendship in this last year, especially my friend. Oh, you clap. Oh, that's novel. So it's okay for me to address my mess. What about yours? Oh, nobody's... I'll, I'll clap. Yeah. See, it's okay for somebody else to address their mess. You see, I think Jesus wants his church, which is people, not the building, right? To, to be seen and to be experienced by a watching world. He, like he said powerful words like this in John 13. For when you and I demonstrate the same love, unconditional, redemptive, restorative love added by me, I have for you by loving one another in the same way I've loved you. Everyone, people watching, will know that you're my true followers. See, when people get to see that we can expose our upper 20% and nobody crucifies us for it, 
when we can allow people into the real us and the real place and the real friendship and nobody kind of rejects us. Like Kyle, Kyle didn't reject me for my stupidity because I'm not a doctor. I've never wanted to be a doctor. I wouldn't even want to do what he does. It's crazy. He talks about the blood and the guts and all that stuff. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like you're sick. And he goes, yeah, whatever. I, I could, I'd, Kyle would be bringing, if I saw it, I'd be like, oh, I'd pass out. Right, but, but I love the fact I can go to someone who allows me to address the pressure and the mess that I'm stirring with and being challenged with inside, who has an awareness of that whole arena and just listens to me and allows me to talk. Maybe that scripture is an explanation of what cream, the top 20%, maybe looks like, that where God calls us to live. Where do we find and express that sort of model? I think it's found in the modeling of a God-designed, God-desired level of friendship, a higher level of intimacy and transparency, openness, some might say. I See, I think it's in the upper 20... Per- Did you seriously just drink my water? Hey, we're family. See, I think it's in the upper 20% that we discover the power, the energy, the encouragement to actually just be who dad has designed us to be. It's at the le- this level that we discover freedom that he wants you and I to have. John 8, 36 is this. For if the son sets you free from sin, then become a true son and be unquestionably free. What does the upper 20% life maybe look like? What do I mean by that statement? Well, come with me this morning on a quick journey, and let's unpack it just a little bit. Let me start with me and my journey. It was about 23 and a half years ago that I met him. And for some crazy reason, I've had the incredible privilege to have the honor to call him my friend for all this time. His name is Brian Kane, and here's a picture of him and his family. He's the pastor of Grace Place Foursquare Church in Clovis, California. What has he done for me over these years in reference to the upper 20% idea thing? Well, what hasn't he done? He's loved me unconditionally, even when I was probably a little bit harder to love in some moments that I find myself in, but he stayed there with me. He has walked with me at the pace that I needed to walk at, not his pace, at the pace I needed to walk out. Back then, it was, I didn't understand a word that you said. You don't understand a word I said. In fact, people would mock my accent. Some people still do. I used to literally, and I say this respectfully, please forgive me. It's okay. I've got therapy for it. When I first came here, no, you want to meet, you want to meet the upper 20%, Robert? When I first came here, I went to church things. People like you mocked people like me because you don't understand my accent. And you made jokes like, why don't you go back to Ireland? We don't need Irish people here. I gave my whole life up to come here. And I came into his house, and what did I get? Mockery. Because I sound better than you do. (laughs) But Brian never did that. He said, I'm so glad for my sake that you're here. In fact, Rob, you ask questions and my friends don't ask. Like, they ask about how the 49ers do, which are not a good team. Oh, sorry. Or the Lakers, which are a volleyball team now. Um, 
day. And, and he's like, Rob, people ask one-on-one questions. The first time I met you, the first question you asked me, when was the last time you had a fight with your wife? He's like, I was like, who the heck is this guy? I'm like, well, what, would you want, what would you want me to ask you? Did you have a shower? Like, I, I, God, people are dying and going to hell. If people don't get to know Jesus, they don't go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Only saved people do. And I need to know that. And he was like, whoa. We're just chatting the hour day. And he's like, Rob, I love the fact that you skip right by 101. You go right to 1001. Like, one of the questions we asked, when's the last time you looked at pornography? When was the last time you had a, ooh, ooh sorry about that. Um, when was the last time you had a fight with your wife? How did you resolve it? Was it your fault? Did you go back on your knees and go and apologize? And I'm like, shut up, Ryan. I don't want to do that. Right? He's been a friend that's lived in the upper 20% in my life. He's loved me where I was at, but actually loved me enough that in the moment that he found myself in a, a place that wasn't right, he'd help me get to the right place. He loved me enough to share the truth with me in a way that could impact and change my situation. It was truth plus love. He the real me. Over the last 23 and a half, four years, on my journey, he's been one of the greatest cheerleaders for me to be everything that Jesus has called me to be. He's lived in the upper 20% of my life and has chosen to stay there with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Brian Kane, I love you. I appreciate you so much. Or do you just live down here where it's the Facebook version, the best plastic version of the day, but not the real you where if it was absolute nakedness, yes, please, I'll get you. And this, would they still be there? See, King David kind of is a dude who was a shepherd boy, became king, coolest cat in the world, real warrior, etc., etc. He actually invited someone into that space in his life. He chose to exercise, now getting the idea, the exercise, the muscle of transparency and openness and realness and life and all the stuff that's really you comes to the surface when you're exercising that muscle. But most people do the Facebook thing. Everything's great. No, it's not. If you had a good time through COVID, you need to come see me and tell me what it was you did. Oh, it was the most fantastic year in the world. It was wonderful. Really? What are you smoking or drinking? Can you say that in church? Maybe not. Okay. But here's what David does. He writes this psalm, and it's dynamically powerful, inviting someone into this level. He says this in Psalm 139. Search me. That's upper level 20% relationship type stuff. Oh, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. It, search me. I invite you into that, that place in my life and find the stuff that's in a way. Let me become everything you've called me to be. A few weeks ago, I had another opportunity to practice the idea of, of inviting people into the upper 20% of your life. Because I think it's an ongoing desire that we 
have to hold on to or press into to practice or prioritize to allow people to authentically be in this place in our life. Mine was that I asked under his permission before I share this this morning. One of our leaders had an incredibly an incredible character to share some struggles they were having. And then dad just nudged me to share where I find myself in that moment. I shared with our team that I had struggled with the idea of feeling like quitting over the last six or seven months. Thank you, Kyle. Because of the onslaught of rejection, misunderstanding, misinterpretation, anger, judgment, fear, anxiety, people freaking out about me praying for President Trump. When he was our president, people freaking out because I prayed for President Biden because he's our president. In case you haven't got an Irish Bible, it says pray for those in authority over you. It doesn't say pray on them. It says pray for them. And I was in a dark, dark, heavy. It was every day, email after email and text after text and phone call after phone call. The COVID thing, make the right decision. I'm like, I'm a pastor, for goodness sake. I'm not a doctor. He is. <laughs> so now you know why I brought him here on Wednesday night and sat for two hours with him as he walked us through, not emotions, but facts. Facts of where things were really at. Facts of how things were really going on. Facts of how things really should be. I have to share with our team, I just got to a place. All of a sudden, it got me to a place where just the over-prolonged COVID election stuff here and there just caught up with me, and I, I couldn't take it anymore. It just caught me off guard for the first time. First time in 40 years, I felt like quitting what God had called me to do because I couldn't get it right. No matter where I turned, no matter what I did, no matter what step I took, someone was mad at me about something. I remember going home and Andrea said, are you going to be okay? And I said, Dre, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to get my head clear. And then we had lead team that day. I got to share with lead team. I got to share with Andrea. I got to share with Brian. I got to share with some other people in this room, just my journey. And, and they helped me get to a place where I could catch my breath. And all of a sudden, it became okay. To live up here. It came okay to be this person. It, it came okay to not feel like I have to be religious. See, if the church, I'm going to mess the camera up. If the church is not a safe place for broken people, why are we here? If you can't have a hard day today, you can't be struggling with something, then why are we here? Why are we singing all these songs? Why are we, oh, Jesus is the best, Jesus. Why are we doing it? If we can't come here and it'd be okay to be bruised. Why do we come here? Why bother? Why not just go to a baseball game? Because just a bunch of people singing a bunch of stupid songs. He took me to, I've never got over the therapy, but he took me to a game. It was 150 degrees on the bleachers. It was 1-0 in the bottom. Lift weights because of that. It was 1-0 in the bottom of the ninth. Payback. Payback. Ah. No, no, they sang songs. He sang songs I didn't understand. I'm like, what are you saying? Peanut. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? All these people. I'm like, 
people are a stranger in here and stranger online. If we can't come to church and it'd be messy and you'd be struggling and someone walk alongside you, what are we doing? Because I didn't, I didn't say you could stop. No. I didn't sign up. I didn't come to a church building to live here. I came to a church building with people to live here. You see, if you're a really righteous, honorable, born-again, spirit-filled person, you play golf. No, you, when you get to heaven, green pastures and still water are an Irish golf course, okay? Kyle, come here. See, see, I, Kyle's a good golfer and I'm a bad, a reasonable, I, meet, I beat him now and again. But here's the thing. I go to a golf club and hang out with Kyle and a bunch of other people. But I go on a golf course and I commune with Kyle. I get in a golf cart. We drive around 18 holes. Hitting, he hits balls in the water. I don't. But he hits balls in the water. <laughs> yeah, see this? Right? And we commune. So we, we gather at a golf club, church, right? We gather in a large group, but we commune on a golf course in a golf cart. Thank you, Kyle. Why come to church if you can't come and be messy? If church is about being religious and all clean and having it all together, this is the wrong place to be because Jesus came for messed up people. He came to change and affect and impact people who just want, I mean, Peter, if you haven't seen The Chosen, there's another picture for The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, you're not born again. Anyway, Peter, uh, Peter, right? Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus should have went, yeah, fry him. That's what religious people do. But Jesus went, come follow me. Come take a journey with me. And we'll walk and we'll talk and we'll engage in relationship. And we'll allow life to get messy. See, I think inviting people into the last 20% is way better than the life I think that we're trapped or tricked into living in the Facebook thing. And I'm not asking you to come and just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just asking that on this journey that we did a series on messy church because the church is messy. It's not designed for altogether people. It's designed for broken people. It's designed for challenges. It's designed for people who are kind of working through and walking through stuff. What do I mean by that? I think Facebook tricks us into putting the plastic us out there. I mean, that young man this morning, for goodness sake. I mean, he's a kid. He's a kid, for goodness sake. Chris, remember, guess what? Jesus met him right there this morning. Jesus met him right there this morning. Kid and all. Four foot nothing, weighed about 22 pounds, soaking wet. No resume. No retirement program. Just living life, doing life as a kid. And Jesus met him there in the water this morning because he loves meeting his people right where they're at because we're all messed up. What does it look like living in the upper 20%? Inviting people there. It's asking people to come and be a part of your life there. 
Sadly, the upper 20% is so often hidden away and only comes out when it's forced out or slips out unannounced. And here's the thought to ponder. If you want to go fast, go alone and isolated. But if you want to go far in community, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone and be isolated. Do your thing. If you want to go far, make the end of life. Brian, I love you. I know you're going to watch this and please forgive me for talking about you all the time. Brian, thank you. I've uh, made it uh, 25 years, buddy. I've survived, thrived for 25 years in the States because of your love for me and you living with me in the upper 20%. Because <laughs> early on, I don't know if I'd have made it had you not become my friend at that level and allowed me to make mistakes. What Brian didn't do for me over the years <laughs> He didn't let me stay in my dark and challenging places. He, he didn't feed the fire any more than the enemy was already trying to do. Instead, he brought water to the fire instead of more fuel. He brought water to a fire instead of more fuel. See, it's okay to address someone else's mess, but when it's your mess... See, I don't mind, and I'll pick on Tyler because he's a friend of mine. In case you don't know, he's sitting over here. He's a police officer I love dearly. See, see, Tyler doesn't bring fuel to my fire. He brings water to put it out. And so often we're tempted to just add more fuel on a ready burning fire with somebody because we just want to justify our place and our position. When we should exercise the muscles of transparency and invitation and openness to invite people in, but we don't. We go, thank God it's not me. I'm glad they're addressing his mess, but I don't want to address my mess. When our mess comes to the surface, you have to have a Brian Kane who will live with you. You have to have a Kyle Dunning who won't laugh at you and mock you when you ask the stupidest questions in the world about COVID because you're freaking out. He just drinks coffee with you and just answers it going, Rob, it's okay. Here's a thought to think about, Rob. I'm like, I don't want to think about it, Kyle. I want to be these people. Like one of the biggest facts that set me free that Kyle shared on Wednesday that you all missed. He picked an age group because people were calling me about shouldn't have masks, shit have masks. You don't love Jesus. You hate people. You want to kill people. I was like, oh, I don't actually. But he used a statistic that if we'd have listened, it would have blown your mind. He picked an age group in, here in, in Utah. He picked this age group. And literally, there was more people died of car accidents in Utah in the age group than COVID. But nobody was touting car accidents. Like, you haven't stopped driving, have you? Why not? Because if you did, right? I mean, he sat here straight-faced, like all doctor, like, hi, everybody. And he just, here's a fact. I was like, thanks, Kyle. I'm going to get an email about that one. And I did. I did. Kyle's taking things out of context. No, here's an age group. Here's how many people died in car accidents. Fact. Here's how many people have died from COVID. Fact. Nothing's out of context at all. That's just the truth, right? 20% living in a place. That's what does it look like to invite people in that place. Now, here's a Brian Kane version of John 8, 36. So if dad sets you free from sin, Rob, guess what, Rob? You get to continue to be a true son. You get to continually be unbelievably, unquestionably free. You can get to a place of 
actually that God has called us as believers in his church to live here, you could actually maybe get to a place of being free. Actually get to a place where God actually let you be what he's called you to be. What would you have to do to be a friend like that? Because when we invite people into that upper 20% of our life, I think it's where the cream is. We, we do stuff like this. In Galatians 6, 2, it says this. We carry each other's burdens. I added, instead of hiding them or going it alone. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Kyle, in this season of my life, friend, thank you. You helped carry my burdens of dealing with and trying to do the very best thing I could to serve our church and our people, that you as a resource, as a friend who understands a little bit, could speak to it from a place that he would come along and say and help me carry the burden of feeling like I had to have all the answers about COVID, and I didn't, because nobody did. And Kyle said that, Rob, all these, and he was respectful. All these doctors, Robert, are just speculating. We have nothing to compare it against, right, Kyle? Absolutely nothing. So that all of them, every single one of them are speculating. And he goes, I'm a doctor, Robert. I can give you the best possible projection, but it's speculation. At best, you can rob you good. You've got to relax and cold dine. I'm like, Kyle, like I feel like an exchange board with my emails and texts and calls that people are freaking out wanting answers. And I don't have them, but I know a man who does. His name is Jesus. Ecclesiastes 4 says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Kyle, help you. Thank you for helping me up. Ecclesiastes 4.12, and the one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and conquer. There is three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, Brian took me to a place of not adding more fuel to a fire. He added water and the water was called Jesus. Honestly, speak life into that. Proverbs 17 says, friends, Love through all kinds of weather and families. Ohana, familia, chickluck and Gaelic stick together in all kinds of trouble. Chickluck, family at a deep level. Familia, Ohana, stick together and walk through the upper 20% where all the challenges seem to take place and reality in life comes to bear on all of us. You see, it's in the storms of life that friendship is developed and tested at the highest of levels, i.e. in the upper 20%. See, Brian's a 20% type of friend. Brian, I love you and thank you. Why? Because he's chosen over the years to help carry my burdens. As Kyle did in this last season, not even knowing he was doing it because I would just constantly run to him for my resource and have conversations and just talk about the COVID medical stuff because I was literally freaking out because I just wanted to help people. And as a friend, he came along and carried that burden of helping me understand how to best communicate it to people. Brian has chosen to love me under every circumstance. Even in the midst of some storms that have come along over 23 to 24 years, he hasn't moved an inch. Brian, thank you for not moving an inch. After listening to me, this is so often how we end our times together. Philemon 1.4 says this, I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers. As I remember you and my in the midst of all the challenges, in the midst of all the in the midst of all of the stuff, let's come back to focusing to where we need to focus and where we need to live. In the upper twenty percent. Let, let's you and I, Rob, come back to true north. Let's focus, focus everything we're talking about, everything we're saying, everything that's coming out, everything that's all bleeding to the surface, all the stuff that's bleeding up from the eighty percent up in the twenty percent. Let, let's let's bring it back to a place that we point it back to Jesus before we go 
any further. See, friends choose to speak words of life into every circumstance and situation they find themselves in, not as a denial of what maybe is going on, but more so from a position of belief that Jesus and Jesus' ways are the answer and that restoration, redemption are found in him and him alone, that freedom is found in Jesus and only in Jesus, not in a church service, not in a church place. This is great to be with people like this, and I think you should. I think this is one of the coolest, coolest, coolest things to do, please, sir. But the first couple you laughed at, but now some of you are going, okay, that's enough, Rob. Stop. You are. He's getting tired. It's not fair. He's not smiling anymore. <laughs> he's sweating. I hope he's sweating because I'm sweating watching him. Yeah. Right? It, it is choosing to exercise the muscle of transparency and openness and invitation in people's lives. It is literally going, I'm going to be the one that's going to exercise rather than demanding somebody else does it. I'm going to start to do the heavy lifting. I'm going to start to make the I'm going to start to pay the price. I'm going to make myself available. I mean, Kyle is a busy doctor. And this last year, he was a lifeline for me. An absolute lifeline. Because I would go, call you up for a coffee? He goes, absolutely, Rob. He has a busy schedule. Surgeries all over the place. Office, et cetera, et cetera. He goes, hey, Rob, will this work? I'm like, I don't care what time you pick. I'm there. And he would come and just sit there and let me talk to him about what was going on with COVID in my head and my heart. He was willing to exercise. And what was his exercise? His time. He was willing to set some time aside to be with some crazy Irish dude who knew nothing about the medical world at all. Other than when I'm sick, I call him. I go to my doctor or whatever. The exercise of being available, what does that look like? Why do so many people struggle to let people in at that level or choose not to risk being friends at that level? Maybe it's because of the pressures that we all face in different ways. Past experiences stop you from risking again. Fears of what people will say stop you risking. Worry about how people will interpret it. Insecurity, anxiety, judgment, peer pressure, cultural pressure, the simple being a man pressure thing that men are supposed to have it all together because you're just supposed to know all your stuff. I don't. I, I don't. I, I love focusing on Jesus and following him, but I don't have it all together. I didn't have an answer. A lady this morning made me cry in here. See, I, I thought, please, just, this is just therapy for me. So just don't. Just being honest with you, I thought the videos that I were making were a waste of time. I thought it was a waste of absolute time. I don't want your likes. I hate that. I mean, likes I get. I don't care. I really don't give a rip if nobody likes it. But I struggled with this. Why do this? Because it's a waste of time. And then one of you this morning caught me off guard. And you said it meant so much to you to go on Facebook and just watch three to four to five minutes of what I was sharing in that day. And it meant the world. Thank you. But the pressure of all of it was like, find a little hole and just live in it. Find a little hole and just survive. Find a little hole and just get through all of it. 
That's the upper 20% that God calls us and challenges us to live in. Not to be religious and weird and check the box and do, hey, look, everything's together. If it's not together, don't lie. You do know lying's a sin, right? <laughs> Just a hint, right? Maybe instead of this thought, that if you knew the real me, you wouldn't love me or like me. Maybe instead of that, you would risk. You would risk everything. You would risk exercising the muscle of transparency and inviting someone in the upper 20% of your life. That you'd risk allowing someone to live there with you and not just use your spouse as an excuse. Because that's what I hear. Well, my, my wife does that. My husband does it. Okay, go along. Because <laughs> I know Andrea I can't survive just on her own. And, and Jesus is the coolest cat in the world. He's the best in the world. But he's provided a young man like this. Have it the privilege to know. Keep going. <laughs> I've had the privilege to know for, keep going. Keep going. You can stop. You can stop. I've had the privilege to know for majority of my time in the U.S. And he saw me on my worst day. And he saw me in my worst moments. In fact, this last year, he saw me in my worst moment. He didn't quit on me. He didn't go, he didn't go pull your together. You're the lead pastor dude person. I'm like, what does that mean? He said, it's okay, buddy. We can take it one day at a time. We can get through this. But Adam, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Everything I do just seems to be misinterpreted. Everything I try to do, I'm trying to serve people. I shut the service down, I'm called this. I open the service up, I'm called that. I, I kind of do this, I'm called that. I do, and he goes, I know, it's okay though. It'll be okay. I'm like, what do you mean it'll be okay? It'll be okay. Jesus will get us through this. Just one day at a time. In fact, he texted me this morning because Pastor Paul, Andrea's dad's in hospital. Though we are. That's what you get, right? Just come and all be good. All be good, really? Ask Adam. Ask Christy. God doesn't want you to be messy so he can break you. He wants you to be comfortably being you. So he can set you free. Why would we want to move towards... Thank you for allowing me to be a human being. 
Thank you for allowing me to bleed. Here's an Irish proverb for you. Probably not, but it looks really good. <laughs> Why would you want to move towards loving people in that sort of way? So we can model friendship and relationship that the world will be mesmerized, attracted to, and drawn to Jesus by. And simply put, if the shoe was on the other foot, if it was their mess, not your mess, how would you want to be treated if it was reversed and that was your mess and not their mess? If they were in a place of struggling, what would you want to do for them? How would you want to do it? You can read about this. There's the coolest friendship in the Bible, and we'll get ready to close here. That means nothing, by the way. But anyway, <clears throat> first, it's an upper 20% type of friend. It says this, and after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. What does an upper 20% friend look like? It's someone who chooses to love you as they love themselves. They choose to give themselves to your situation, your journey, your circumstance, all that you're going through like they would want to them. David and Jonathan's friendship is profoundly, profoundly talked about. Jonathan is Saul's son who rightly, rightly should have been the king by lineage. But Jonathan knows that David's called to be the king. And it says Jonathan gives himself. To, they become one in spirit with David in that moment. They became Ohana. They became Chiklok in the Gaelic language. They became familiar. They became family in that moment at a level that's deeper than just Facebook. Became family at a deeper, deeper level than that. How do you start? I think that's a great question. You practice being the kind of friend you're looking for. Adam, one more time, please. You practice being the friend that you're looking for. You pick up the exercise, the discipline of exercising transparency and openness and inclusiveness and invitation and honesty, etc., etc. See, Adam never tried to fix me this last year. He just listened to me. He just walked alongside of me and allowed me to talk. Kyle didn't try to turn me into a doctor. He just gave me simple information to take the right next step. To walk forward one more time, respond one more way. He didn't just say, Rob, quit and call it a day. He didn't do that. He didn't give me the easy way out. He just gave me some information to help me moving along the continuum of living at a top 20% place rather than just lying to people and pretending that I had it all together. I invited people into my life in that way. Where's a good place to start? Well, guess what? I think this environment is it. Amy and the worship team, thank you for your heart this morning and leading us in worship. Thank you for allowing us to have a place to be responsive to. I think this is a good place. But I think going even one more step further is, is, is kind of daring to go to that next level. What is that? It's actually a thing called small groups or life group, or some people call it house church. It's getting in smaller groups of people on that continuum in the midst of all of this and just doing and talking about life together from a 
upper 20%, not lower 80% level. It's about being a David and a Jonathan and having a relationship. I'm going to be the friend that I want to have in my life. I'm going to take that step. I'm going to exercise my muscles. You see, here's the thing. What Adam do? Adam didn't tell any of you. So you didn't know until today. But he did. She did. Love you. Didn't tell you. It's not your business. Right? That's what the 80 percent or is it invitation on inviting people into our life and we go, hey, I'm gonna walk with you. Like Kyle didn't tell you on Wednesday night. Oh, by the way, before we start, Robert's a basket case. <laughs> I mean, I met with him like I yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, Kyle. What are we doing? Well, here's all the information room. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm going to get. Three emails and a text message and a call. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do that, Kyle. I mean, I was a basket case sitting here with him going, where is this going to go, Lord? Because every time I try anything, and, and I was more concerned for Kyle than I was me. I'm like, I don't want Kyle getting emails or texts like I've been getting because he's just here as my friend who's a doctor. He's just wanting to help. I don't want him to get the onslaught of miss understood and misinterpreted all the stuff that I've been getting. I don't want that to happen to him. He sat here with me and he did an amazing job. And here's the coolest thing. And I'm just tooting my own horn. I am. Because Kyle's dad told Kyle, tell Robert he should be on talk radio. <laughs> Didn't he? Didn't he? He said, tell Robert he's just so natural. And, like the, and I was like, I'm thinking to myself, if Kyle's dad only knew, like yesterday, Lord, thank goodness there's no videotape. <laughs> Andrea and Brad Sweet, in closing, again, invited us years ago to join them in a life group and doing life together. My mom got to visit at that time, and my mom is one of the coolest chicks in the world. I love her to death. She's the coolest Irish woman I've ever known. She is the only Irish woman I don't know because she's my mom, but... She's the coolest lady in the world. And the time she was visiting, she wasn't doing well, and she isn't doing well. And so we're kind of in that season of a life right now. I had five of my, five of the most influential people in my life are in that time of life that they might go home. And my mom was here, and she came to life group, and she just took over the life group because she, she does. And she just had the coolest time in the world with people, and it was, it was the coolest thing in the world. But through this whole journey of my mom being sick, Andrea Sweet has went out of her way to constantly come and ask me, Rob, how's your mom doing? And how are you doing with it? Why? Because we, we practice doing life at the upper 20%. We invited people in. They invited us into their life at the upper 20%. They allowed us to be a part of their life. And it's allowed us to get to a place where Andrea actually walks me through this moment. I find myself in that. I didn't expect it to be Paul, but it is. Um, it'll be my mom first, but it may not be. Um, I know Crossroads is not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. But I know Jesus is so faithful. And he's so committed to all of us, so committed to you that he wants you and I to be truly, truly free, to be everything he has designed us to be. And on our part, he calls us to is that is practice being 
the kind of friend that you're looking for, is to go and pick up the disciplines of inviting people into your life, of sharing your life, of sharing your struggles. And I, I, I didn't want to say this because it, How do I start practicing that type of friendship? You have to realize it'll take time, of course. It'll take intentionality, absolutely. Will it be risky? Yes. Is it worth it? More than words can say. Do you have an option to not? No. <laughs> if we want to be the disciple that Jesus has called us to be, no. Adam, come here a second, would you? Would you grab the mic? Will people make mistakes? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> will you invite someone into this place in your life and someone will make a mistake with the information they get and the brokenness and the hurtfulness they see? Absolutely, yes. Some people will. Some people will inappropriately use it. Some people will say it when they shouldn't. Some people will accidentally ask for prayer requests about it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As we, some people will, but not everybody. Majority of people won't. Majority of people will allow you to live in the upper 20% of life. Most people will allow you to practice being there. Here's the thing. We have to be willing to be a conduit, to allow God to take his church there. It's not just a series that's important. It's an approach of church. If you can't come to a church, I don't mean crossroads. If you can't come to a church building and find a place of being open and honest, I think we're missing something. And I'm not saying being messy for the sake of being messy. I'm just saying being messy because we are. I'm going to ask Adam because he's been the one doing the exercise, the whole service for me. That if this morning, keep your eyes open this morning, if you know God's speaking to you, to be someone who'd be willing to be a conduit to allow him to take you to that place of living at a whole different level and the opportunity percent, which means you're gonna have to be transparent to invite someone else to be transparent. If that's you, this might want you to stand where you're at. If you know God is speaking to you to be that sort of person, you don't have to stand, just let God speak to you. I'm gonna ask Adam to pray over us in an exercise sort of way. That as he prays, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hands before him. And go, Lord, I'm going to make a mistake because you are, right? Because if you step into a new thing and you've never done it before at that level, you will make a mistake. You will say something stupid, then you ask forgiveness. You will interpret something inappropriately, then you ask forgiveness. You will kind of go about kind of trying to process it and you'll have to ask forgiveness. But here's the thing. You don't have to ask forgiveness if you don't try, if you don't try and are willing to go there, you don't have to make a mistake. You can stay here. You can live a Facebook life if you choose to. But that's not what the church is designed for. It's designed for messy people to live in a place where transparency are part of everything we do. And we let the chips fall where they may because messy people come here. In fact, my little friend this morning got baptized and it was crazy cool. And I know someone sitting in here struggling with anger. I know someone's struggling in their marriage. I know someone's struggling with their finances. I know someone's struggling with gossiping. I know someone's struggling with etc. etc. I know you are. But my little friend got wet this morning. And Jesus showed up. Church is messy. 
absolutely messy. So you exercise all through the service, buddy. So would you pray over us? I'm going to go sit next to Christy because I love her. She's the coolest chick in the world. I said to my wife <laughs> and daughters. Um, Rob, I was thinking about when you talked about, you've mentioned before to me and all of a pretty messy young man that didn't know the Lord when you were a teenager and got kicked out of school and fighting and stealing. And as I thought of you going on the way to school and the cream would sit at the top of the milk and you would go steal that last 20%, that top 20% off the door. And John, the disciple of Jesus, he wrote when he was trying to articulate to disciples of Jesus what our enemy is like. He says he comes to and he comes to steal this last 20%. And he goes door to door. And he says, I can take this top part. Because this is where they'll die. If I can take this from them. If I can rob this, it'll bring destruction into their life. And if you're here today, you might be living with the destruction that has come from this top part being robbed from you. Either because of your fear, insecurity, lies of the enemy. You've tried it before. It didn't go well. Someone in your life has come by and done something. It's going to take, what, a lot of healing, a lot of courage, a lot of faith in the Lord to say, you know what, I'm not going to let him steal this from me any longer. So, Lord Jesus, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't do my very best to open up about that last 20%, which is my fears, my insecurities, my worries, my lack of faith, my questioning of God. Um, if I didn't have people in my life that uh, would just let me, like the image of our art, just stick my head in the spaghetti bowl and go, this is where I'm at. And they don't go great. Now look what I have to clean up. That I have friends in my life um, who are like you, Heavenly Father, who just sit there and go, okay. You know, your face doesn't have to stay there, right? I'm not going anywhere. And God, I pray everyone here would know, especially those that do not walk with you, that you're not going anywhere because of their mess. Their spouse maybe went somewhere. Their adult child maybe went somewhere because of your mess, but your Heavenly Father's not going anywhere. And I pray we would know that. And we would believe that when the enemy tries to lie to us and say, because of your 20% that is so ugly and so nasty and so deeply embedded, it is what you do is not just what you do, it's actually who you are. That is a lie. And God, you would give us the faith to trust you with that last 20%. And God, we would look around and prayerfully consider and go, God, who is that person you've, you've put in my life that I've not taken full advantage of because they're safe. They're kind of like you, Heavenly Father. They're not going to go anywhere because of my mess. And they'll actually meet me in my mess and pray for me and speak truth and life over me if I'll just be real. So, Lord, for those who are doing that right now, Lord, just may this be a message of affirmation to keep going in that direction. But the wide path is the path of living in the 80%, and the narrow path is a path of including that last 20 
and letting people like Brian Kane or others in our life to walk with us. So, Lord Jesus, give us courage if that's what we need, faith if that's what we need, healing if that's what we need, a friend if that's what we need, a mentor if that's what we need, therapy if that's what we need, just sitting and saying, Holy Spirit, fill and flood my life if that's what we need. Holy Spirit, just fill me, baptize me. This young man was baptized in water. If you want to be baptized with this Holy Spirit, whether this Holy Spirit will flood your mind and begin to renew it, just ask him for it right now. Say, flood my heart, renew my mind, change the way I look at myself in the mirror. Help me to see myself the way you see me, Heavenly Father, and not how others and my enemy sees me. So, Lord Jesus, we stand against the enemy in Jesus' name. We forbid your activity in our lives in Jesus' name. We... Uh, cancel the effects of your stealing, killing, and destroying, and robbing us of that transparency that we need to work out in our lives, not just for our sake, but transparency begets transparency. Others will begin to live in the light as we choose to live in the light, and we will all do this, and we will keep falling down and tripping and skinning our knees and our elbows because we won't do it perfect, but you'll be there, and you'll never, ever leave us in our mess. And we love you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. Yes, Lord. There we go. Awesome, buddy. Thank you. Hey, Jim and Kyle, would you come up? Sorry, I invite you to come up a second, please. Sharon and Ken, would you come up, please? No. Adam and Christy? Come have a second, please. Hey, um, we're going to close in a second. We're closing here. Um, if you want to take that step, one step further, something there now, and you'd like someone to pray with you, you don't have to tell them what it is. You can, but you don't have to. But if you want to practice this, <laughs> Adam, thank you for your prayer, buddy. If you want to practice this, confession is good for the soul because it cleanses us and it moves it to a place from moving from the darkness into the light. And when things are in the light, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus can change everything. Do me a favor, would you stand? Hey, just quickly, parents, we talked about it last week. Everybody stand a second. We talked about it last week or we mentioned it. Just want you to hear from me. As of next week, we're gonna have our kids come and join us in worship because the best model for worship is moms and dads. So bring your kids upstairs. It's gonna be messy, right? So it's gonna be messy. So kind of work with us. Do I have to figure out how we do it again, how we release kids and all that stuff? So just give us grace the next four to six weeks as we kind of walk this forward. But we want familia to be in the room. We want familia to be in here, and that's our family and our kids, and we're gonna deal with the mess and all the stuff and how we have to work this out. And again, please just walk this out with us, but our heart is to be family, and so we're gonna do that from next Sunday on in that sense. I love you guys. Have an incredible afternoon. If you want some prayer from these people I love dearly and trust you, would you please come? Let someone pray with you. you wanna to come to the altar? There's nothing special about this place, but it is a physical step towards Jesus because that's what he says. Come to me, all those are heavy and laden, and I'll make you every rest. So thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Love you. God bless. Take care. Thank you.
good enough.